and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. Coming to you, we're recording, as always, on Thursday afternoon, ahead of the weekend's action on ITV. But a little bit of Brucey bonus for you. We are also going to give a quick mention to that rescheduled NACE card tomorrow. That is Friday, because, of course, we have the grade one novices hurdle to get stuck into. But first of all, I'm joined by Daryl Carter, Dan Barber and Tony Calvin. And Tony, I'm coming straight to you for weather watch. It is very cold, but surely not cold enough to disrupt the racing this weekend anyway. No, it should be all right. Um, it's dry everywhere. It's been dry everywhere all week, but it's still um, uh, soft at Warwick, heavy soft in places at Weatherby. Kempton is good to soft, good in places on the chase track and good to soft, soft in places on the hurdles track. Uh, so, yeah, it should be as much as it can dry out this this time of year. Um, yeah, we're set for a dry forecast. Lovely. Just what we want to hear, because, of course, we've had unsettled weather and it looks as though some pretty bleak weather is on the horizon as well. But we will focus, Daryl Carter, on the here and now. Quick check in with you. How are you? How's your week been? Yeah, it's been smashing, actually. We uh, filmed the second episode of Coaching Carter on Monday. So Hi. that should be coming out next week. That was great fun. Can't tell you where we were just yet, but I'll let you know that I did disgrace myself at some point. Uh, so it should make for good viewing. Did you disgrace yourself as much as you did in episode one when you oh. asked champion trainer Paul Nichols if they get dizzy cantering around in a circle? Tenfold. Oh, excellent. Very good. <laughs> very good. I, I look forward to that. The first episode of Coaching Carter was very well received down at Paul Nichols's. So episode two will be out shortly from the Betfair team on all the digital platforms. Dan Barber, how has your week been, my little dream catcher over there? Uh, good. I mean, a week before, or similar to that, I was at Fakenham, got down there, as we know, and it was calm before the first race. There was a real deja vu feeling as he appeared at Leicester yesterday morning and the inspections kept getting pushed back and back. But we got through six races. I got back in one piece and I'm fully prepped. Brilliant. I wanted to say Happy New Year again, but we've already done that, haven't we? We've already done that and I think we're over that now. It's the 11th of January, for goodness sakes. Um, TC, I mentioned that we are doing a little bit of Brucey bonus with just a mention of NACE tomorrow. That is Friday. That rescheduled card has some nice horses running. A couple of races I know you wanted to touch on, the first of which is the first, the 12.42, which is the novices chase. Uh, Paul Nichols is... Uh, Paul Nichols, that's a complete lie. William Mullins is Mr. Policeman, is your 8-11 to 11 favourite currently in there. Did you have a bet in there? Uh, I thought, as luck would have it, at 14s was probably too big a price. It's a, it's not a race where I fancied any, really, so it just led me to the 14-to-1 chance. I mean, Mr Policeman wouldn't be an 8-to-11 chance on, on what we saw um, what we saw first time out. I know he won that day, but the seconds come out and got humped a mile by Marie Nationale. So, yeah, I thought, as luck would have it, well, I thought he was, you know, he's a very lowly, lowly rated hurler, 123-odd, but he was good at punches down. The form has worked out pretty well. Uh, second's come out and won a run well in defeat since, and the third's come out and won a handicap, albeit off 112. So, yeah, I thought, as luck would have it, at 14s was probably the bet. It was, it could be a trappy little race because it couldn't see any guaranteed pace, but, uh, yeah, as luck would have it, at 14s, I thought, was overpriced. 
Okay, and what about the Lawless of Nays Novices Hurdle, which is, of course, the race that everyone was so looking forward to last Sunday, sees the clash between this Firefox at 7-4 at the top of the market and Ilette Lantique, who's also 7-4 co-favourites currently, Willie Wellens versus Gordon Elliott. We've been here many times before, but who is going to come out on top in this particular battle? Uh, unlike the first race, there's loads of pace on in this race. So I think uh, some of the jockeys are going to have to have to bite the bullet and just like take a pull. Hopefully, um, Rachel Blackmore and Aang Tobar is one of those. Because again, I thought, you know, it's not it's not a big bet by any means. I bought 13 to 2, which is the general price um, uh, with the sportsbook, is... Uh, was was big about Antibar because I like the Royal Bond form. You know, none of the Irish form really stands out so far. So hopefully, something will emerge from this and really lay down a lay down a claim for later on in the season. But yeah, I you know that's uh, the Royal Bond forms worked out worked out pretty well. Farron Glory was obviously going to go and go very close, if not win well in the Tolworth. The seconds King of Kingsfields come up and beat Mirazur West. And next time out, so I think that Royal Bond form's all right. And hopefully, you know, it's a point. The fact he's a point when it doesn't suggest, you know, that step up to two mile four is necessarily going to suit. But um, hopefully it will. So, yeah, I thought 13 to 2 Antibar was the overpriced one in that market with the sports book. Okay, wonderful. That is your Brucey bonus package. Let's roll on to ITV's racing on Saturday. Warwick, Kempton, and Weatherby, and some lovely races racing here. I'm very much looking forward to getting the thoughts of the boys here. Daryl Carter, I'm going to start with you at Warwick. The 149 is the first race ITV will be showing at Warwick and it's your Potemps handicap, handicap hurdle qualifier. Uh, Kintara 5-2, to two, top of the market along with Mel Monroe for Gordon Elliott at 5-2 to two as well. Martha Bray in there at 5-1 to one after that bigger prices. Of course, it's competitive. We've got the dead eight currently. How are you playing this Potemps qualifier? Yeah, this is one of the races on TV at the weekend that I don't really have a strong opinion in. Um, I thought Good Mel start. Monroe should be a clear favourite in the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is like much of a muchness a lot of these, to be honest with you. I, I couldn't trust many of them. Um, Mel Monroe needs to prove stamina for three miles. But it's in the pedigree to suggest that going up and trip could well suit her. She's definitely got the strongest form bringing over from the from Ireland. It's... it's levels above what these have uh these have achieved one three two seems okay on that basis but again just stamina five to two most likely winner will probably need to go up in the handicap um i would have thought to get in the potemp so you, you you'd think that he she might be here to win um but it's a very trappy race mel monroe would be a reluctant selection but i've got stronger opinions on the card later okay uh Dan, if he's concerned about Mel Monroe's stamina, then that's one thing we don't have to worry about with Kintara, who's the co-favourite currently, on the hat-trick bid. But, of course, he's climbing up the rates very quickly indeed, and this could be a big enough weekend for Mel Rowley. She's got a couple of nice horses running on Saturday. Yeah, she's having a, a really bright spell. She was a, she suffered quite badly early in the season from, I think, the gallops got flooded, basically washed away. That all had to start again, and that might explain why she's a bit slower to get going, but banging now and I think his form is pretty strong in handicaps. The defeat of Gay Legacy. Gay Legacy then finished second to Martha Bray, who's also in this race, but Gay Legacy would have beaten Martha Bray by half the track if she'd have not stumbled badly, got into a poor position, finished well down the outside. A thriving horse Gay Legacy and Kintar ultimately in a stamina sapping race at Aintree kicked her out of the way. Thought that was quite striking. And go back to 
the very start of this horse's career, running a Warwick bumper, absolutely obliterated them. 17 lengths went with Kim Bailey and the second and third are sort of 120 rated hurdlers now. I mean, we know enough about Quintara subsequently to not have to rely on a bumper piece of form, but it shows the track is no issue. Staying is no problem at all. Testing ground is no problem. And I think I'd have, I'm too controversial. I think I'd have had him favourite rather than Mel Monroe. Cause I just, I just see the fact that Mel Monroe has gone to down Patrick to win her race. And it's not exactly the breeding ground of champs, is it? She was beaten only three lengths in her penultimate start by grade one Lawler's and ace entrant Crook Butler. Yeah, she's got the, I'd say her better form is in defeat. I didn't think that was a a vintage renewal, but in the monks, the monks field, but yeah, it is, it's useful form, definitely. Um, but she's got to give eight to Kintara, and I think Kintara's going the right way quite quickly. TC, one of the more interesting entries will be Third Wind, who, of course, won the Potemps final back in 2022, but mm. not seen since. 650-plus days off the track for Huey Morrison. Um, lots of eyes will be on what he can do here back off this long break, but I presume you will be looking elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, there was 18 in there at the five-day stage, so four of these eight are guaranteed to qualify if they finish. And I imagine they'll settle for four for, for third win right now because, as you say, he's been off the track with leg issues. Trainers come out and said, you know, he's definitely going to need it. And like I say, if he finishes fourth, they'll, they'll be delighted. Clearly the, the class horse in the race. Um, Kintara, I agree with Dan. I think he should be clear favourite. Um, I think the form's strong. Opened up at freeze this morning. We're recording this at three o'clock on Thursday. That was quickly taken to five to two. Can fully see that. Um, but everything's about price. And I just thought the 14 to one about gentleman at arms is, is just far too big. He's got calls for him himself. You have to forgive him an absolute Barry Crocker last time, but go back to his earlier win at Aintree, albeit there were no hurdles. Uh, yeah, I thought the 14s was too big. So uh, if you ask me for selection in the race... Uh, I'd say gentleman at arms at 14 is the most likely winner. Definitely Kintara. Uh, Barry Crocker, I mean, that is a tremendous reference. This is a problem. I had to look it up. This bloke was born in 1935, TC. You need an update. You need a refresh. <laughs> well, okay. uh, if you give me another rhyming. I think you'll thrive listening. off that. Let me think. Most of this show's listeners were born in a similar era, so I wouldn't worry. (laughs) That that is the racing demographic. Everyone in racing is at least 90. (laughs) That's why racing is going to die in 10 years. You've been to Ludlow too then, yeah. Um, Guys, let's move on on to the 224 because this is an absolute belter, Dan Barber. Joel Cocker. Sorry. <laughs> to the Hampton Novices Chase. It's a grade two. It's over the three miles. And check this out for a clash. We've got Apples Away, Broadway Boy, and Grey Dawning all up at the top of the market. Co-favourites, two to one currently. Uh, grade one winners, the so likeable Broadway Boy. We all love him this season. And Grey Dawning, who sets a really decent level himself up at the very top table too. Those are your top three in the market. And that's where the focus is, Dan. Who wins it? But what a belter this is to look forward to. Yeah, smasher. The alliteration head-to-head, Apple away against Broadway Boy. Can't split them in the market either. But the third wheel in this co-favourites of three is the one I really like, Grey Dawning. I actually hope the other two do for each other. I know Apple away at Leicester, she was ridden a bit more patiently. 
um, the nickels I was making your mind up went from the front. But she has been ridden forward before. She's a real stayer. I hope she provides sort of nuisance value for Broadway Boy. The, well, the downside with Broadway Boy in terms of track might be just Warwick with the fences coming up thick and fast because he, he briefly got out of rhythm in that Cheltenham race. I mean, I always think in most fondly, without wanting to digress too much, his debut under rules at market race and featured the most insane betting market in the five minutes before the off I have ever seen. I encourage anybody to click up the racing post with the market moves. It was absolutely bonkers. And the money for him that day strongly suggested they always thought a lot of him. He's really fulfilling it now. But I just was so struck by the engine that Grey Dawning showed. That mistake he made at Cheltenham, you'd have forgiven him if he'd have dropped back into six or seven. It was an absolute howler. He landed on the fence. Yeah, he managed to finish with running left in him. Um, I don't think, based on that Leamington race last year, which was a real slog against Ginny's Destiny when Ginny's Destiny was trained by Lacey, that was a, a proper war. And he saw that out well on heavy ground over the shorter trip. And the way he finished at Cheltenham after the mistake, I think three miles will be absolutely fine for him. I think he's a really good jumper in the main, despite that one mistake. And think what he did to Apple away when they met at Haydock. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a, a vote for Grey Dawning then. Um, Daryl, I know you're a novice chase lover. So this must just be absolutely like dreamland territory for you, really. Yeah. I love this race. I can't believe Apple Away is as short as two to one, though. I think that is a horrendous price. She is so slow over her fences from A to B. It was a, it was a very, very moderate race last time. She won a, a three runner affair there. Like, this is levels above what she achieved last time. Like, she, I can't see her being at the top of this market at the off. Surely not. The Broadway boy, he's had four tough races in a row now. He's done nothing wrong. But I agree with Dan that the fences at, at Warwick come thick and th fast. And, uh, you know, he could just get out of a rhythm. I, I was with Grey Dawning um, originally until I saw the prices come out. And then I could not work out for the life of me why the sportsbook put the changing man in at 14 to 1. I thought that was just completely wrong. Now, he's been cut since then into 9-1, to one, but I think even that's still quite big. He split Grey Dawning and uh, Stay Away Faye at Exeter on his seasonal return. Now, everyone's just assumed that Grey Dawning desperately needed the run that day, but the changing man was making his seasonal return as well. Now, the, the official ratings will tell you he's got a mountain to find, but he, he didn't get far enough last time when unseating at Sandown when still going very well to suggest the outcome of that race. And if he was only going to rate him on his chase run, he would have split and split the 147 rated stay away Faye and the 144 rated Grey Dawning. So that one, three, two, you're looking at there. I think you can just ignore that for, for the moment. He's a really good jumper. I think he's uh, open to vast improvement. And while I think Grey Dawning is probably the most likely winner, I think the horse that's completely overpriced is the changing man. Brilliant. Okay, so a lot of positivity around Grey Dawning, but wrong price the changing man. Do you concur, TC, in regards to the changing man's current nine to one price? Uh, no, I don't have a I don't have a massive opinion in here. I mean, Dan's picked up and Daryl's picked up all the points I was going to make. Um, okay. It's not a race I'm going to have a bet in. It's not a race I've got a strong opinion. Okay. Quickly, Mark, that market race race dead quick. Let's have another the winner. Open three to one, returned eight to one. Broadway boy open four to one, returned evens. Chilling like a villain, open tens, returned eleven to two. Free handshake, open five to six, went off nine to four. The the last name was misbehaving, but that's wild stuff, really. Thinking <laughs> back, yeah, 
Um, TC, can I stick with you then um, for the classic handicap chase? Three miles, five furlongs, 14 of them declared on this soft ground. And Melina Girl for the Gavin Cromwell Yard is your nine to two current favourite. She was so impressive at Cheltenham a couple of starts ago and then obviously fell before behind the aforementioned Broadway boy when travelling well when we last saw her. She's taking on the dour staring Guetapan Colange for Charlie Longston, 11 to two. Beauport in there at nines. Those are just your top three TC. Um, but again, another really competitive race here. And I'm expecting different darts at the boards, boys. But TC, we will start with you. Yeah, um, I stuck up Melina Girl earlier in the week on Monday. Um, I thought she was very well overpriced then. Um, obviously, she's 92 favourite now, so... The juice has been squeezed out of her. She is bigger elsewhere, but you have a situation whereby, um, you know, she was all stamina women in over a three mile free at Cheltenham. Um, I thought she was travelling like the winner when coming down three out last time. Now, obviously, it's far too far too far out to, to tell for sure, but she was trading just above even money then. And yeah, I, I just think this test will really suit her. Uh, but nine to two is probably her uh, price now. Now, this race has changed dramatically at the overnight stage where any second now was in here for JP McManus on 12 stone. And he's come out and as has the anti-post favourite, Monbeg Genius. So the weights have gone up 13 pounds. And now that's brought a lot of horses into this. There were four out of the four out of the handicap. And one of those was Volcano was on nine stone one. He's now only two pound wrong. Now everyone knows he's got he's five from six round here. Um, and I just think 25s could be a little bit bigger. Now he's the kind of horse that's going to trade maybe a little bit bigger on the exchange. But And there is a lot of pace in the race. But I just thought Volcano's at 25s is very interesting here. And he ran really well in the race last year when 10 pounds out of the handicap. He'd been pissing around on those stupid cross-country races, but he didn't actually run badly in one of them. He was 16 out of the handicap of the one in November. So, yeah, given that he's going to be ridden prominently, um, albeit the likes of Percussion and Garnier Lotto is going to go forward as well. I just thought from two only £2 out of the handicap, given the course form, given that he's so suited to the track and on the soft ground, I thought Volcano at 25s is probably worth a, worth a little nibble. Okay, you mentioned her there, TC, and I'm going to throw to Dan here. Galia de la Toe, I love her. And when she's on song, she's class, but obviously overturned at a short price when we last saw her stepping up into this sort of really extreme staying trip. We know what she can do around here when she gets in a rhythm. Am I mad with her at around 17 to 2 currently? As a rule, I'm not massively keen on the angle of a much longer trip and headgear at the same time. I and mean, sometimes okay. you can race a bit free. I almost feels a bit harsh on her that I almost feel like for me she just had an unduly hard race on a reappearance where she was a shoeing on form and got kicked for home a long way out and she ended up making hard work of it I suspect she bounced a little bit at Newbury when she got turned over at short prices and cheap pieces feels like I don't know they're punishing her for no reason when it wasn't really her doing totally oh. see this Melina girl angle um the Cromwell horse when they come over here is sensational be a bit niggled. I mean, one for Arthur did it, but he turned out to be a Grand National winner. She's going to get patiently ridden around here. She's going to have to have to pass a lot of horses and avoid likely trouble, avoid fallers. It's not the easiest place to pull off those tactics. This is not a strong view, but I thought the visor was an angle on Major Dundee when 
you consider his record in these marathon handicaps as a novice he finished third in the Scottish National last season he won the Midlands National he's about half a dozen pounds higher now uh, but the visor could enliven him and I'm happy to put a line through two reappear, two runs back this season over three miles because he seems completely ineffective over any distance that isn't like three and a half miles plus yeah, there's a couple of horses in here like Major Dundee and Gallia de Lato with that new headgear angle. Intriguing to see how they get on there. Uh, Daryl, this race is paying four places with Betfair on the sports book. Do you have anything to get involved in that each way market or are you going straight in for the win? No, each way market. And I completely agree with Tony with Volcano, the outside of the entire field. Um <laughs> All the points that he, he mentions really. Right. Uh, two starts, two starts back was running sixteen pound out the handicap in the cross country at the November meeting. Was beating seventeen lengths in fifth by Foxy Jacks. Um, again, as Tony mentioned, only two pounds out the handicap today. Loves Warwick. Will be on the sharp. I always want a horse that's on the sharp end of the pace at Warwick because again, like Dan mentioned earlier, those fences come thick and fast and they can just get away from you. Um, this would have been, I, I think, would have been the target for him. He's been off since uh, the middle of December. Um, I just think there's a lot to like. I just think this is his bread and butter. I don't think there's too many well-handicapped horses in this field. And I'm just hoping that he has got a little bit still in hand of his mark. We know he can go well. We, we can at least run to his rating. So yeah, I think he's a big price at 25 to 1. I'd expect him. I thought he'd be in about 14s, 12, 14. So, yeah, he'll do for me. Okay, positive chat around a big price. We like it. Uh, Daryl, let's stick with you for the rearrange veterans handicap chase. Uh, now at Warwick over the three miles here instead. And Celebra Dalen is your six to one favourite. Good boy Bobby in there at 13 to two. I write in there at 15 to two. Sepage at nine to one. Uh, obviously, we discussed this race when it was meant to be at Sandown. Now round Warwick. So do we have revised opinions? No, I'm sticking with Ramsey's Detay. Um, obviously, loves Warwick. I just mentioned I like a horse on the sharp end of the pace here at this track. Well suited by this venue. I still think that this race has been the target for him, as I mentioned last week. Uh, first start after a wind surgery, bolted up round here by nine lengths, being Darasha Counter uh, November last year. I just couldn't see any negatives. We'll go well in the ground. If anyone can tell me a negative other than the fact that we haven't seen him, but he's got a good record fresh. I'm, I'm all ears, but I think this has been the target for him. It's not an afterthought as it is for some of these. And uh, he's got to go well, surely. Okay. Sticking with the original view of Ramsey. Um, and Dan, Dan, I'm going to come to you next. Who was who were you with here? I can't even remember who you tipped up in this. Sam Brown. That and again, I'm not going to change it. I've maybe slightly weaker view because it's a week further down the line and the track's different. Uh promises to be a blazing gallop doesn't it there are loads of these that want to get on with it as long as sam brown isn't sluggish he doesn't have his lead boots on in the first half of the race like he has done a couple of starts this season and he can keep his place i think he is the best handicapped horse in the race okay sticking with it and tc last mentioned to you for this before we move oh sorry i've got a very jittery computer but i hope my connection is all right before we move on to kempton last mentioned to you tc yeah i was with sam brown last uh last week um we was actually back from 16s to 8s in the anti-post market uh so i was quite surprised to see him open up at double figures across the board in fact he's 18s in a place which just seems madness to me even though we don't know how the first time visor is going to work we don't know about the track because it's his first time here and you know he let's face it he's not in the greatest of form but what he is is 
ridiculously well handicapped on his 2022 form and his form at a punch down in April when he was in front and looking like he was going to win. So, yeah, um, double figure prices across the board for Sam Brown. Seem a little bit big, but like the jumping does worry me. Uh, and like Dan said, there is so much pace in there. I, I count eight possible front runners in there. Yeah, so, the um, sight of this after 17 horses have run around here in the classic chase, it could be pretty yeah. grim viewing, couldn't it? Yeah. At what point do you lads do you lads look at like a horse being well handicapped? Looking back at say, for example, a twelve year old looking back at twenty twenty two form. At what point do you go? He's possibly not well handicapped now. He's on the other side. Well, well we're not looking back that far, are we? Because he's even. He's arguably, well, that, well, that's my question. How far? Yeah, how he's far? Hard, well, April twenty twenty three for me. Yeah, I'd be the same. Obviously, so if they'd have had a huge absence or something, I don't think horses fall off a cliff that fast. Maybe someday, but... Okay, let's roll on to Kempton then. Uh, three races to tackle from Kempton, and we will start with the Handicap Chaser at one thirty. is the first race ITV will be showing. Um, and Chianti Classico, 11-5 favourite here, over the three miles. Uh, Phlegmatic in there at 5-2, to two, bringing in that Victorino form from Ascot. Latitude done it here before another good horse out of the Mel Rowley yard at four to one to run this weekend and Dan I will start with you here please sir I want Latitude to go to Aintree because I mean he wants a left-handed track I think even though he's been winning right-handed he always jumps to his left fast horse him though I think he'll win more races but I've got a love affair with the top horse I think he's got so much ability Chianti Classico the day he won at Chepstone is reappearance bear in mind he lost once over hurdles light hurdling career Speaking to um, one of the connections when I saw him on track a few weeks ago and he was like, yeah, we've got to look after him because he's not the most robust, etc. Uh, but Matt, the assistant, Matt Nichols, was saying that they do agree that he's got masses of ability. And I thought he showed that in spades at Chepstow. He pulled hard off the pace. It was terrible ground. He got through to lead on the bridle and you're thinking at that point, well, can you go and finish the job? And he did. Um I'd be inclined to forgive him, Ascot, because I think Scrum Diddley's a well-handicapped horse and maybe Canty Classico bounced slightly, but they've given him time six or seven weeks prior to this and Cobden's having a first crack at him too. That's never a bad thing at the minute, the way he's riding. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got... I think he's got 150-plus ability and the thing that will stop him showing it, I suppose, is whether his, his body holds up, but he's the pick of these weights, even off the top weight, I think. Daryl, do you concur that he's the class horse in here? Possibly. I think the drying ground might be against him, though. I thought he didn't really let himself down at Ascot. I thought it was a bit laboured, and credit to him for getting the job done. I, look, he's he's a progressive horse, the right favourite. Um, couldn't see any juice in the price, personally. I I like Phlegmatic for this. I think, I think he loves Kempton. I think he's knocking on the door. I think he scored fourth time out the last two years. He's a two-time course winner. He's fairly treated. He was a next second here um, uh, on his last start in a grey three to our power. He was stepping up and trip and was a well-handicapped horse at the time and then fancied for some of the, the, the big handicaps later in the season. Don't think this is, is that competitive outside of Shantico Classico. I think he's got conditions ideal and in his favour. And uh, whereas I don't know if Shantico Classico can handle this ground and defy a mark of 142, I do know that Phlegmatic can and can defy a mark of 137 or 134 with the claim. Okay. 
taking on the class horse with Phlegmatic then at five to two for Daryl. Um, TC, where are you looking? Are you looking away from those top couple in the market that we've already discussed now? Yeah, I think Phlegmatic is is the one to beat. Uh, I think it'd be suited by the pace up of the race, but five to two. No, no thanks. Um, if there is a bet in the race, maybe Durashi Counter. We should have mentioned that Durashi Counter was also in uh, at Warwick, but this is his first preference. Uh, this race, probably because this race has cut up dramatically from 16 to 7 at the overnight stage. But yeah, phlegmatic, but I won't go near him at 5 to 2. All right. I want to know who you are going there then in the Sylvian Arco Conti Chase TC, mm. uh, the grade two, the feature down at Kempton over the two miles, four and a half furlongs. So looking forward to seeing Edward Stone stepping up in trip finally and not having to chase home the likes of John Bon and others. Currently two to one at the top of the market from Bam Bridge, who's making his long-awaited seasonal reappearance for the Joseph O'Brien Yard. Nine to four, JJ Slevin, usual jockey coming over for the ride. And then Pick Dory, who's obviously so consistent at this sort of level at nine to four. Bigger prices thereafter. Another really intriguing race, this, and different angles to come at it. Uh, but where did your focus lie, TC? Um, wasn't going to have a bet in the race until oh. the prices come through. Oh. And the sports book uh, forced my tipping and betting hand by going eight to one not long till May, which seems which is just too big. I mean, it's not silly big, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's the biggest price out there. Um, I think it'll go. Hopefully, it holds up. Uh, the simple, uh, you know, simple fact is that you know he he probably hasn't got the pure class of you know the likes of Edward Stone, but he's getting six pounds off the top three. He's getting um, he's getting weight off Banbridge, who's actually rated superior to. He's coming in here off a career best. Um, you know, he's won crackers off a mark of 152 in handicaps. Uh, and it'd be interesting to, to see what they do tactically-wise in this race as well, whether they'll, you know, might look to go forward on him. Um, Laura Morgan said on Lucky's Pod that that was the idea. She thought they were going to be more positive. Yeah, well, it's like the, look, looking at the pace up in there, it, it would lend itself to that. Yeah, I just think the eights is, is just wrong because, well, the official ratings tell you that. Um, the adjusted official ratings tell you that, and um, yeah, eight is too big, so I'm playing accordingly. Not long till May, okay. Not long till May for the Laura Morgan team, eight to one, as TC's already said. Dan, who do you think is going to win this? Uh, Edward Stone, Ooh. and we'll go back to Aintree handicap hurdle at the Grand National meeting a couple of years ago before he even turned his hand to fences. Never near a third over two and a half miles. He's a strong stayer at two, always has been. And I think he possibly ha maybe isn't quite as good as he was. We're on the subject of when do horses deteriorate. He probably isn't the same horse who was so brilliant in a in a Tingle Creek first time out last season. But I think he's run to a level against a very good horse in John Bond that indicates he's still good enough to win grade two races. And I think going up in trip could unlock a bit more, Vanessa. That's the obvious angle and... Bambridge hasn't been seen. Pick door, he's likely to force the gallop. I hope Edward Stone just tracks him and he can't get far enough away to get away from him. Intriguing. Daryl, who are you adding into the mix? I, I, I love Edward Stone, but 
And I'm, I, I'm a big Bambridge fan, but maybe not off a break against. And then, you know, I think we could be underestimating the pick Dory in here. So I'd, I don't know who I'll side with at the off, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I, well, I had, when I priced this up, I had pick Dory as six to four fav. Right. So, like, my hand's easily been forced there. I don't see what he's done wrong. He's unbeaten since October 2022. He loves going right-handed, two for two at Kempton. 160 RPRs consistently mid to high. For example, Bambridge has never put in 160 RPR. He's making his seasonal return. Is he better left-handed? Perhaps you could argue that case. I know he won last year on his seasonal return, Bambridge, but it was a soft enough race and he was beaten previously on his seasonal returns. I'd say they've got bigger targets down the line for him than this, whereas this would have been on the mind of Paul Nichols. For, for the last 49 days since he since he made his seasonal return at Ascot. He's entitled to improve on that run at Ascot. I know he only beat Strawfran Jack, but he did it by 16 lengths. He's got some decent time figures in the book. I just think he's consistently disrespected by the market, really. Yeah. Everyone's going to love Edward Stone, but look, he's, a, he's stepping up in trip at the age of 10. You know, for me... I think he's he's got a bit to prove, whereas Pick Dory ticks all the boxes. He should be clear favourite for me. Um, I, I, I to be honest, I couldn't have lot, not long till May. I think he, I, I'd have him. The, I had him as the outsider of the field. I thought Janadil was too big a price at fourteens. He's a horse that consistently runs to the one sixties. This is his trip. Tongue tie first time. Interesting. Woody Mullen sends him over. He tried to send him over for the Peterborough Chase. That was obviously cancelled. He comes here and said, "So I'll be playing Pick Dory win." Uh, and, and and save on Janadil at a big price because there's no way Janadil should be a 14 to one shot either. So those are the two for me that are, that are the wrong price. Those are the two I play. Intriguing. Yeah. Pick Dory, I always just feel like he's kind of not sexy compared to the likes of a Bambridge or an Edward Stone in here, but this is his grade and it will be his track too. The thing is, um, it lends, sorry, Vanessa, it lends itself, the races like this lend itself to everybody wanting a horse to, to produce something or sort of wanting to improve. So like Edward Stone, you've got. He's going to be better at two and a half miles. Bambridge is the young improver coming up, you know. But in reality, the, the, the way the race should be laid out in a market is the, the horse that ticks all the poxes should be the favourite and they've got to come and, and improve past him. But it doesn't seem to be the case on the sports book. Does Edward Stone have to improve? Well, he, he does, he, well, does he have to improve? He has to prove his stamina for a starter. So yeah, that, that's he's one thing. He's two and a half. Well, over he, hurdles. Yeah, but he hasn't over fences, has he? No, I'd say a two and a half mile hurdle would stay two and a half. It's just a really interesting race, isn't it? It's, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating race. It'll be. I, I, I can't wait to see the better markets before the off. And that's mm. the joy of it. Different opinions, and I do think it's something I always talk about when, like, on track is, you know, the market always lends like leans towards potential over yeah. the proven horses yeah. every time. And Nichols loves these opp opportunities, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on to the Lanzarote hurdle, please. Uh, two miles, five furlongs. Next race to cover at Kempton. And Empo's Trois is your three to one favorite for Nikki Henderson. Obviously, last seen in the Betfair Exchange behind the stablemate Lucia, and then traveled so well and won comfortably at Cheltenham the time before that. But he's taking on the likes of Sonny Gino at five to one, and the mean lion in there at 11 to two. A little bit of a gap in the market then to the likes of Mark of Gold and Good Luck Charm. But Dan, a very competitive Lanzarote, nearly a full field, 19 going to post, what we want to see. So what what what's going to win it? Well, uh, our Lord and Master Barry R sends the telling text to the WhatsApp group, five places here, V. That's what I'm thinking too. Oh. And 
this is really an original in a mega hot handicap. I'd love to be putting up some 16s chance, but <laughs> I can't see five horses beating Sonagino, and I think he's a half an each way bet to nothing. He's powered through three handicaps this season. I didn't think heavy ground would necessarily be for this horse um, with the speed he's got, but he's improving arguably despite it. That sounds, I'm possibly talking crap there, but in the back of my mind, I think he's such a strong traveller that coming back away from the mud, he's no negative with him. The entry form, it would, he powered through it again. What's he going to find? Oh, he found more than enough. It was a better finishing effort from him. The silver trophy form, strong. He touched fives on him running as he cantered through that and before he blew up. And then next time out, he runs third in the Great Wood, again, shaping, uh, fourth in the Great Wood, shaping really, really well. And I just think we're going to see him power along yet again, covered up in a big field and... Hopefully his turn of foot proves decisive. But if it gets him into the five, I won't have done any damage. Five places. Sonny Gino currently five to one. Dan Barber's selection here. What about UTC in the Lanzarote? Dan, better, help, better hope he's not an each-way bet to nothing because if you have an each-way bet and you get nothing back, Dan, he hasn't been <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of those stupid phrases that everyone always comes out with and they don't actually just read it <laughs> and see what it means. An each-way bet to nothing. You don't mean that, do you? <laughs> you make a very well, bad. I, 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 no, it's I mean, true though, isn't it? I mean, in the um, the accepted diction for it. Well, why is it accepted anyway? Accepted I, I digress. It sounds like um, a good campaign for you to start, though. Well, not all that bothered. Um, <laughs> um, um, I like the and lion uh, up in trip. Um, I think the grapewood forms the strongest coming into this. Um, but 11 to 2 is the shortest price out there, so I can't really play that. Uh, I thought JJ Riley uh, was interesting. That's thought he's in a couple of places, uh, but again, he's a, he's, a, he's a lot bigger there than he is with the sports book. The one I like, and the one I'm just I was praying that the price would hold up, and it hasn't, but it still has, uh, in some respect, is Wonderwall. Uh, it was opened up at 33s this morning. Um, I thought that was huge. In one of those prices, you just look at it, it's never going to last. But the, it's been cut to 25s, but the sportsbooks 25s is still the biggest price out there. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got a cracking chance. He's probably going to be my, you know, my my best bet of the weekend. Um, very good bumper horse, uh, seventh in the champion bumper. Then was showed plenty over in novice hurdles. Beat City Chief over this trip at Doncaster. Then was. In their in their pitching with a couple of others when falling at the last in the Sydney Banks, so it has got a lot of back class. Well, compared to his current handicap mark, anyway, uh, you know it's obviously gone a bit wrong since then. But he ran a couple of decent races on uh, in the summer on the flat. Um, you know, fences the expedition that 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 kind of like got canned uh, after one run in November, but. He returns to hurdles on a mark of 128, which is very, very generous given like what I've just said about his hurdle form in, in 2022 and that bumper form. And I really like the fact that he's gone from Richard Spencer to um, to uh, to Bowen. I think that's a trainer uplift. So I just think off a mark of 128, two mile five, given that back class, yeah, 25 five places will do very, very nicely for me. Wonderwall. 
if he wins, will you sing us the song? On yeah, the... I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, he I said I, maybe. I, I was hoping. I've, I've only tipped. <laughs> I've only tipped him because obviously that 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 song was the uh, soundtrack to the 1997 Lions tour. Ah, there you oh. go. So that's the um, only reason why I tipped it because of the rugby. Uh, Never mind the brilliantly strong case you've just made for him. Uh, Wonderwall at 25s for TC. Who, Daryl, do you want to throw into the mix for the final word on Lanzarote? Oh, I've got a handful, to be honest. It's, oh, okay. uh, yeah, you can it's, have it's... a handful because we're paying five places. So go Yeah, your... well, exactly, exactly that. Um, Dan, Dan's bang on the money, I think, with Son of Gino. I, I, like, I like this awesome last year. He did a really, really good time figure at Chepstow. And I remember when we was at Paul's, um, Vanessa, and they were talking, they were going over fences with him and and... I mean, I'm not saying it's because I said it, but I, I was meant talking to him and I said about how good of a strong time figure he did last year and he's surely a well-handicapped horse. Harry Cobden couldn't have it. He was like, no, nah, no, he's not. He's not well-handicapped. And I was like, surely he is. <laughs> and uh, I think they were saying that he wants to step up and trip as well. So the fact that he only went up and trip last time at Aintree is obviously a big positive for, for Dan's selection, I think, because there's more to come from him. Mark of Gold, I was hoping for a much bigger price than 8-1. to one. So that that's put me off him a little bit. Um, I think he's just been... Hunted around the last twice, really, or particularly last time, um, with, with a view to coming back to this race. He fell in this race last year, then came out over the same course and distance in February and bolted up by 14 lengths. So he was on the radar. Um, I suppose my main bet is going to be uh, Mott Hill for, for Neil Mulholland at 16s. I thought he won with loads in hand at Sedgefield last time. Now, I know it's Sedgefield, but this horse has got a little bit of back class. He was second to spirit the new um at uh was it chepstow and he he was just lacked the pace over two miles and he was staying on really strongly that horse is obviously 19 pounds higher in the handicap he was second to a horse called mullinaire who went out and won the next twice as 10 pound higher as a four-year-old he beat the likes of uh two friendlies rated 136 saints a gal who's rated 139 and i definitely think that he this step up and trip is he, he's been crying out for it Joe Anderson claims five off, negotiates that five-pound rise for the Sedgefield win, and he won with plenty in hand. I mean, John Joe O'Neill didn't even go, didn't want to go from the back of the third last, and he just sort of sat there, shook him up after the last, and he, he had tons in hand. So I think this is a horse, a progressive horse that's going places. It's 16. He, he makes the most sense to me as an each-way bet. And just the last one to give a good mention to, and that's Hermino for um, Gary Moore. They ran him over three miles last time at Cheltenham and he just he lobbed along through the race. He just could have done with a stronger race. He was stuck in behind horses. He couldn't really open up his stride and he stayed on strongly, but he's definitely a two and a half miler and um, he he's well handicapped. He he, he was ran second to uh, Howling Mad Murdoch at Sandown in atrocious conditions last year. They powered 30 lengths clear of the rest of the field and uh, Howling Mad Murdoch's now rated 144. And there's a couple of other bits and pieces of form for him, you know, that suggests that he could be well handicapped for Mark 129. So, look, I'll, I'll probably play Hermino win only and um, Mott Hill each way because I think he he's more most likely to give his running for the five places. Okay, few mentioned then there. Dan, did you just put us on mute and off video so you could play Wonderwall on your guitar? No. I think you did, you little fibber. What an accusation. What an accusation, right. Yeah, I did. For that, you can take the Towton Novices Chase first. Uh, up at Weatherby, just one race to take from Weatherby on ITV on Saturday. And we have meeting of the waters in here, but now he's a non-runner, so we don't anymore. That was a glimmer of hope. Looking forward to seeing him <laughs> out from Ireland, but no such thing. As a result, still a tasty-looking contest. Colonel Harry is your 8-11 to favourite 
for the Jamie Snowden yard. Trelawne in here at 100 to 30, bringing in that Ginny's Destiny grey dawning form line from Cheltenham. Uh, the King of Ryhope in there at 11 to 2, Chasing Fire at 17 to 2, and Hurricane Highway is your outsider at 16 to 1. That is your field now that Meeting of the Waters is a non-runner. Confirmed non-runner, Dan. So as a result, slightly blows the race up and Colonel Harry's pretty short price favourite. Yeah, we were, he had two entries in the week. He's gone for none of them. Um, well, he was declared, but he's been taken out. Coughing. I just wouldn't back in. Coughing. Um, cough, cough. Coughing or fishing? I wouldn't... Back any horse in this race at eight to eleven. That's my main view. I might even lay Colonel Harry on the exchange on the basis that I think there's depth to it. And I mean, even Hurricane Harry, it was, Highway it was a handicap of 125, but it looked like he was about to skate in. Um, Colonel Harry's handicap win last season, uh, sorry, he's second at Kelso to Nemean Lion, was off 130 or something. Um, oh, his handicap run was off 132 last time at Chepstow, and it wasn't exactly a strong race. The King of Rye hopes handicap mark of 136 last time, tanked through the race, didn't get home on atrocious ground at Foslas. He's better than that. And Trelawne has made a really promising start, and he represents that Ginny's Destiny form that I really like, and I'm hoping gets a boost with Grey Dawning. So if you want to really sneaky, stick Trelawne in a little double with Grey Dawning, both boost the same race, and... One winning enhances the chance of the other, in theory. Okay, like it. Different ways to play it. What about you, Daryl, in this? Another novice chase for you to get at? Yeah, I'm hoping Trelawne is a three-miler, and I'm hoping he's an ultimate handicap horse. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Um, I think he might get outpaced here, but I could be completely wrong. I do really like him as a horse. Um, but I thought Colonel Harry, the, the, the finishing effort for the back of the last at Sandown last time, I thought was really powerful. Um, I think this is a, this is a pretty smart chaser, and I, I, look, I, I'm not going to back him at those at that price. But I think he's by far the most likely winner. I wouldn't want to take him on. The King of Rye Hope's a lovely, lovely horse. Um, put it down to the ground last time, but he's not going to have two differing conditions here at Weatherby, really. So slightly concerned there. And Hurricane Highway, as Dan mentioned, I think has got a nice handicap in him as well. So look, I think this is a good opportunity for Colonel Harry. Um, he's the right price for me. Okay, 8 to 11 is no price for Dan Barber, but the right price for Daryl Carter. So, TC, final line to you on this before Naps. No, nothing much to add. Straight to Naps. Oh, okay. Nothing much to add for Weatherby from TC, in which case, TC, you can start with your nap, please, of the weekend. Wonderwall in the 2.42 at Kempton. If Mr. Marsh hadn't ruined my singing confidence, I would obviously sing you a little line of Wonderwall. But sure, due then. to that Mr. Marsh incident, I no longer oh, can yeah. do that. Um, Dan, your nap, please. Ray Darning at Warwick. Oh, you love that. Dion Warwick. Yeah, speaking Darryl of beautiful singers, Carter. Dion Warwick, please. Yeah. Uh, phlegmatic in the 130 at Kempton. Lordy Lord. Right. Okay. That is naps done and dusted. Boys, thank you very much as always. Enjoy the weekend punting. Have a good one. Do it responsibly, please. Um, listeners and viewers out there, don't forget to check out the website for additional place races and a whole host of great offers that will be on this weekend, specifically in and around the ITV racing on Saturday, as we have covered. But don't forget, you're going to need to opt in. You're going to need to do it responsibly and you're going to need to read the T's and C's because those are the rules, please. 
So do all of that, but enjoy your weekend. Have a good one. Good luck to you all out there. And we will be back on Monday with another episode of Wade In. But for now, goodbye and good luck. <laughs> <laughs>